All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, baby. Welcome Cheers. to the Water Cooler. The Water Cooler is a show about marketing, sales, and technology. Each episode, we focus on bringing you advice that works. Today, we have a friend of the Water Cooler, friend of Curator, Greg Robertson. Greg arguably knows more about CMAs than anybody else on the planet. He wrote a book about mm. it called The Art of the CMA. Yes, so today, did. Today, Greg's joining us for the Water Cooler to discuss how agents can take their CMA game to the next level. That's actually something I think a lot of agents are thinking about right now, Greg, is how do I up my CMA game, right? How do I improve the results I get from a tool that I think most people use uh, in the most important and critical moments in their uh, their day, which is when they're sitting down with the seller, right? When they're having that, that interview. And I think there's a, there's a lot that we can unpack there. But before we get into it, Chris, I'm just curious, because mm -hmm. you you come from the top producer world and, and top producer famously had their market snapshot tool. They did. All right. When you think about the opportunity that that that's available to agents when you think mm -hmm. about sort of how agents should be using CMAs or thinking yeah. about CMAs, what comes to mind for you? Well, it's funny, no offense to Greg. I mean, when I first heard about the book, it was like kind of a captain obvious thing. Like it's so hard to get agents to use Facebook ads manager or to run a Google ad yeah. or to do SEO or mm -hmm. to do really great videos. And I kind of thought like, man, isn't a CMA something that they actually all know how to do? Like, like are is, you know, kind of jokingly and lovingly, cause I'm a huge fan of Greg, but like, I think I was like, is this going to be the first in a series? The next book is going to be the art of the MLS. And then the next book is going to be the art of the lawn sign, you know, the art of the business <laughs> card, like the art of the CRM, maybe who knows? The art of I mean, the, you know. Well, that, that one is still a struggle for many, <laughs> but I, I, you know, my, my first instinct was like, why does there need to be a whole book mm. about CMA? So why don't you just let that be the first question, Greg? Like, you know, writing a book is hard. It takes time, energy, effort, help, you know, congratulations. But like, why does the world need a book about CMAs? Yeah, that's it's that's a great question. I remember reaching out to you specifically, and you'll you'll probably remember this also. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about writing this book, and I, I had a couple books in mind, mm -hmm. and this this one, the art of the CMA, was one of them. And you kind of poo pooed it, right? You're like, you know, go for something bigger and and whatever else. And I'm like, you know, okay, but I thought, you know, well, you know, I think there's a saying that says, write what you know, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to try some other books, maybe I should try this to start off with. And then mm -hmm. um, that might be a good basis once I have that experience of if I want to kind of take that journey again and do another one. Mm -hmm. But as far as, um, you know, the starting it out, to me, there's a, a couple themes in here. And, and really, the first theme is that, uh, well, it's a great book to go in there and just learn the basics. I mean, I go over the anatomy, of the CMA, I mean, that's kind of one of the chapters there. What I also saw a lot out there is that there's, there's some overarching narratives in the industry now, right? And, and two of them are that brokers and agents right now, they're not only competing with other brokers and agents, they're competing mm -hmm. with the internet itself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So it's almost like, you know, doctors competing with WebMD, right? Some mm. guy comes into their chair and tells them, I think I have, you know, insert the blank here, what terrible disease just because mm -hmm. they went on the internet, right? Agents have to deal with the same thing. And, and this is something I know, a topic you guys cover ad nauseum out there. But the second part of that, the other side of that is kind of, you know, something that was really comes up very negative. And that's 
the fear, you know, and the, and the fear that agents have about prop tech and, and all these portals and everything else that they think are going to take away or disrupt them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the negative, if they could just take that negativity, right, that they're pushing towards all, you know, to Zillow, to, you know, the iBuyers, to Realtor.com, all of them out there mm -hmm. and just channel that and realize these are the, almost some of the best things that ever happened to real estate agents since real estate has been invented. Mm -hmm. um, if they could turn that energy in, into something positive, instead of wasting their time with all this fear, just let that fear go. Um, it's going to be a huge advantage. And the best tool to be able to do that, to show their value is a CMA, mm -hmm. right? I mean, let's be honest. There's nothing is better um, when it comes to the crucial part of, of, of pricing a home mm -hmm. than the eyes, the ears, and the nose of a good agent. I mean, nothing. Why right? So. Yeah, why do you believe, and, and sorry to interrupt, I just want to ask a follow-up question there just to sure. dig it in a little bit deeper. What do you believe that agents currently do not understand about a CMA that like maybe they, they inherently believe they understand it and they get it, but in fact, when you start to unpack it, they really aren't using it to its, to its fullest extent, if you will. Yeah, um, again, it, I think they ha you have to frame it that, that, consumers are going to the internet and they're getting all sorts of data, all sorts of price ranges from the Zestimate to house valuations to Redfin to all these different types of things out there, right? So they're just spitting out a number, right? So this is the first chance and not the first chance, but a, the best chance the agent can actually kind of show their value and their local knowledge to really frame why they should, they, they're important, right? Because it's just, you know, the, the internet is just throwing up algorithms to at them, right? So this is just, I can't think of a better report, uh, a better way of an agent showcasing their local knowledge than a CMA. Second thing is, um, if you're using it correctly, right? Um, uh, an old mentor of mine used to say that there's really three things you want to accomplish at a listing presentation, right? The first thing is you want to establish yourself as a professional. You guys do a great job of that. They got to you know, the, the website's got to be on point, show up on time, you know, dress right. I mean, all those kind of basics, of course, right? Um, maybe showing up with like, a, you know, a nice, you know, printed CMA might be a great way of doing that as well. Uh, the second thing is you want to establish a fair suggested list price. I mean, you know, present that CMA. Um, but really, the CMA really helps out with the last part. And that's the third thing you want to accomplish at a listing, at a listing presentation is get the listing. Right. Nothing. One and two don't matter unless you walk out there with a with a signed listing agreement. Right. So and again, that CMA is the best way that they're going to show and establish um, that that the their, their consumer that that's the potential home seller mm -hmm. um, can trust um, their advice. What percentage? Well, just summing up one quick thing, Jimmy, about the human element. One of the you know, I love copywriting, Greg. And on your book website, people can go check out the book, The Art of the cma.com and buy it from the book website uh yes. not from amazon <laughs> because if you buy it from the book website it goes to the a part of that goes to the children yes my children his children yes not, not jeff bezos yeah. <laughs> yes jeff bezos's children don't need any more money but one of the lines of copy on the on the book website that i thought was really great i used it in the subject line of the email that got a lot of the people tuning in right now is a Zestimate can't smell the cat, right? You know, 
And I do think that it's funny, like when I think about Open Door and when I think about Zillow and when I think about Redfin and when I think about all these technology companies, think about this, Greg, billions and billions of dollars have been spent and they can't get rid of Sally the realtor. No. They can't do it. They're trying. They're, that's their goal, but they can yeah. do it because in fact, people do still need that human being. People, yeah. like, like you said, you go to WebMD, you don't give yourself the shot. Right. You go to WebMD, you don't put your own cast on. Right. You don't do your own surgery. You don't, you don't do your own facelift. So you, you research it, but there is that human element and the humans are winning. Oh, totally. you know, there's, there's a number people don't talk about. I don't want to misquote here, Jimmy, but I believe that there's like a hundred billion dollars a year in GCI. A mm. hundred wow. billion dollars a year in gross commission income. So that's why Silicon Valley is like breathing down our neck. But totally. this is like, these companies are not new anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been around for a while and like, the human is fighting back and the human is winning because it is a people business. Mm -hmm. It is a belly to belly business. Not as much today because of COVID, but it'll get back there. Anyway, I love the line about the Zestimate can't smell the cat. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I actually went back and forth with that. My uh, co, uh, co-writer, um, co-author, Charles, I had originally put Zillow can't smell the cat, but mm -hmm. Zestimate, I don't know. I, I go back. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I like copywriting also, so I go back and forth with that. But well, you're exactly thing, right. One other thing I thought about, though, Greg, when I was reading that was like, it's actually a blessing. And this is, I'll ask this as a question. Is it actually a blessing that all of this inaccurate information is out there? Like, I think about like, imagine if a financial advisor called me and he said, hey, Chris, your bank account is wrong. Like, your bank account doesn't have the amount of money in it that it says it does. It's actually off by 8%. I would freak out about, help me, tell me, what do I do? How do I get it yeah. right? Yeah. So like, I mean, isn't it actually a good thing for us that the algorithms aren't perfect? Absolutely. I mean, Brian Barrero said it best. He said the estimate is a God's gift to realtors. I mean, <laughs> and you know, let me just be very frank here. Um, and, you know, get away from everything else. I think Zillow is great. I think Open Door is great. I think Realtor.com is great. I think mm -hmm. these are great companies and really agents should be thanking <laughs> the, the, the gods in heaven every day that these companies exist because you all, I mean, it's, you have to have a foil, right? You have to have something to go against or else you're basically just, you know, um, hitting your head against the wall. You're talking to nobody, right? These guys have given real estate agents something to talk about, something to highlight their expertise in, right? By giving them something, to, something a target or a conversation starter to do something. So, um, you know, I, I'm not a Zillow hater. I'm a Zillow lover. I love all these different types of prop tech companies. Uh, for most of my adult life, I've been uh, running a real estate software company, right? So I'm a technology guy, but you're exactly right. Most of these models, they start off with some sort of delusion that they can kind of automate the whole process without anybody, but then they go right back to mama, right? Mm -hmm. The next thing you say is like, well, we've got a new agent program. Um, we're, you know, we're, now we're going to be hiring agents 1099. I mean, every single one of them always comes back to, to provide a human element to the most <laughs> important asset 
to somebody's life, which is which is a home. Now, I remember Travis Calacanis from Uber famously saying, what's wrong with Uber's business model? And he said, it's very simple. It's the driver. Once we eliminate the driver, the business model will work. And I think, and I think about the, the equivalence and the financial space, I think about a company called Wealthfront. And for our audience who's tuning in right now, you should really pay attention to this company. They're doing some truly remarkable things. But what they're doing is they're essentially eliminating the need for a financial advisor because they're proving statistically and you know, empirically that they can, by using an algorithm and using uh, their models, put your money to work better than an individual who is using their gut or their instincts. And so Wealthfront has been a company um, uh, that's been exploding, it's, that now has you know, hundreds of billions of dollars under management, and there isn't a single financial advisor who is interacting with the customers. So I realize I, I want to play. Yeah, down. but hold on a second. Let, let me just I'm push I'm back on that bit. I'm going to finish the point. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Do you feel, when you think about the CMA, it, when you think about the determining the value of a CMA, uh, remember, determining the value of a property, do you feel like there are intangibles that could never be calculated? Because in finance, right, it's you're only working with numbers. And of course, there's some instincts and some of the best investors are using their instincts, right, to make decisions. But at scale, you know, it's like, uh, it, there's, you know, an algorithm will probably outperform a typical financial advisor. It, is there, is this a, I guess my question is this, Greg, is, is the Zestimate an actually solvable problem? Do, do, we, do these guys just need more time? Or is this a problem that can just never be solved by an algorithm? And if so, why? Yeah. Great question. So first of all, a share of stock is not the same thing as a home. An airline ticket is not the same thing as a home. Okay, we all know this, right? I mean, this has been the argument that everybody's been making for a long time here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, as tech, I mean, again, I'm in technology. I know the longer you give something and, you know, you know, machine learning and, and all this, you know, I, I, another thing of copywriting I did, Chris, was you know, artificial intelligence is just that. It's artificial. It's not real. Mm. There's something about walking in and that, the, you know, what's the layout like as you, as you go through there? You know, how, what's the feeling of this? What's that? The, the trees on the street. I mean, that there's a vibe there that I don't think any computer algorithm is going to um, be able to capture. Now, let, let, me, let me go a little bit into computer algorithms while we're talking about it. Let's talk about Zillow. These guys super smart, but they did something recently that I'm not sure a lot of people kind of captured here. Mm -hmm. And they changed their algorithm back in uh, 2019, I think around the November timeframe. And I talk about this in the book and they basically bifurcated it. And before they, they, they did this change their algorithm, they basically had one one's estimate and it basically took, it didn't take into account the list price of the home, meaning the price that the agent gave the home, right? So what they did is, and again, it's either, Super smart or super diabol diabolical. You can, you can look at it either way, right? I think it's super smart. It could be but both. They did, yeah, it could be both. So what they did is they split it and they said, okay, we're going to have a Zestimate for on-market listings and we're going to have a Zestimate for off-market listings. And um, Cloud CMA has a feature and many other CMA programs or other um, things have this. is where they kind of compare the sole price or the active price along with the Zestimate, right? And what we began to see is like, holy shit, you know, these estimates are getting pretty goddamn accurate, right? Mm -hmm. And what it was is that because now in this new bifurcation that for the on-market listings, the Zillow's estimate was using 
um, factoring in the list price in that algorithm where the mm -hmm. off market wasn't. So you started to see um, that these prices started to get more accurate. You know why? Because they were using what the agent said the price was worth, the house mm -hmm. was worth, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, super clever, but you know, for all the algorithms, for all the zestimate, they still had to kind of run home to mama mm -hmm. and see what the agent, look over the agent's shoulder and say, what, what, do, you, what do you say? What, mm -hmm. what does he think the uh, price? Oh, okay, okay. And, and, and now figured it in part of that algorithm, right? So it's gonna be, a, it's, you know, I think if it gets to be better, it's gonna be using kind of tricks like that to make that, to make their technology, their algorithm better, right? Meaning, not to say that that's not a valid, that's a valid thing to do. It is valid, right? They have access to that information. Why not use it, right? But yeah. um, I think that's how it gets better. So what you're saying is, is that the human input is like that, that input, you know, we all know that any algorithm is, is simply a, 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 a the quality of the algorithm is based on the quality of the inputs, right? If you don't have great yeah. inputs, the algorithm is not going to be able to determine anything really of substance for you. But what you're saying is now that they're using the human, the real estate agent, the realtor as, as the input, it actually makes their algorithm better. But I guess my question though, Greg, is that, is this a solvable problem? We're going to get into some specific takeaways, but from your perspective, is it a matter of time or is it not a solvable problem? I don't think it's, I don't think anybody's going to be able to, a computer algorithm is going to be able to kind of really, I think they're going to become close, but not, there's still going to be to be somebody there to facilitate and really bring it that last mile as far as uh, the pricing of the home and just everything else for sure. Mm. That's a good analogy, Chris, the last mile. You know, it's famous, obviously, in, in, in uh, telecommunications, right? Which is like that, it's the most difficult piece, right? You can distribute energy or, or, or electricity through, through you know, these main hubs, but that last mile is the most difficult part. And it's, that, it's, it's all feel, it's vibe. I mean, you just walk in there and you know, right? I mean, and they know what the house, you know, the, the reasons why, you know, the computer program said, well, that, that house over there sold for, for 550. Well, you know, it didn't know that that was a, a quick divorce sale. And that skewed everything up, right? So yeah. that local knowledge is really going to come into a factor with, with every agent. I don't think it's something that a computer program can really capture a lot of times, right? Yeah, yeah. So Chris and I have a couple questions here for you, Greg. We're going to get into specifics as it relates to the CMA. So we want to talk about the anatomy of a CMA. We want to talk about that. You, there's, a, there's a phrase you use that I love, which is the kitchen table battlefield. We'll talk about how to oh, use yeah. CMS, CMAs and prospecting. And before I pass it to Chris here, we'll talk about how to leverage uh, a CMA when you're talking about Zestimates and iBuyers and uh, other online algorithms. So we'll, we'll talk about that specific conversation sure. towards the end of the show. So Chris, why don't we kick off here with the anatomy of a CMA? Yeah. So there's something that you talk about in the book, Greg, and you, you basically say that there are things top agents and brokers do with their CMAs to get more business and to win more listings. You also talk about that there are things they include in their CMA that other reports don't. Because the truth is all million five realtors probably have like the ability to just go in their MLS and like pump out a CMA, right? You know, your technology and your software is trying to create a better CMA. So when you think about those two questions, what are the top agents and brokers doing to use the CMA to get business? And then what are they including that the other CMAs aren't? What, are the, what is the answer to those two questions? Yeah, great question. Um, first of all, I'll say in the book, 
I think I mentioned cloud CMA, my company's product once, and that mm -hmm. was on purpose, right? Because I, I hope it was towards used... the beginning. <laughs> because that, that was on purpose. I want anybody to be able to use this no matter what application they're using. Sure. But if they want the best application, I think cloud CMA would be a, a, a good choice for them. Yes. Second, so what are they? So first thing is, is what you, what you, uh, um, your first thing that you talked about, which is like, they can go to the MLS. I love that question when I'm at like a trade show. They says, well, I can do this on the MLS. Mm -hmm. What I tell them is, so you, your goal is to look like everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's your goal. And then immediately I get a response and a stiffened back like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what you just told me. So, you know, number one, what top agents are doing is they're not using what everybody else is using. Sure. Right. They're creating their own branded custom, um, you know, with their content, their look and feel that are easy to read. Um, that other agents are just going the MLS and printing out and just using the printouts from the MLS. Um, it's just, they're taking that extra effort, right? They're, they're doing those types. That's what top agents do. They take in a little extra effort. And sometimes that extra effort doesn't take much effort if they got the right tool, mm -hmm. right? I mean, when you, when you print out a cloud CMA or, you know, render a cloud CMA, it's beautiful. And it took them three minutes, mm -hmm. right? Those are the kind of tools that are available out there, right? So that's number one is not doing what everybody else is what to include in the reports, right? So I, um, when we introduced a, a new um, enhancement to Cloud CMA, we call Cloud CMA Live, um, we did it along with a survey that we put together and the survey of best practices for listing presentations and CMAs. And one of the questions we asked, um, do you use estimates in your CMA? Mm -hmm. And a, a ton of agents do not. Mm. And I thought that was ridiculous because you know, and actually Inman picked up this article and wrote it there. And there was, the comments were just scathing. Again, this fear that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Why would I ever include a Zillow's estimate in my CMA? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, those guys are trying to put me out of business. And, and luckily a lot of people came to my defense because they, they were, she was basically calling me a dumbass. I mean, uh, and not, you know, not, not knowing anything about real estate. Right. Um, I don't think she used those words though. Uh, and what she's, what, basically what I was saying there is that, the first question, and I get this from agents all the time, that a, that a seller says at a listing presentation is, um, well, this, Zillow says that my home should be sold for this much, right? Now, how do you walk in to a situation not knowing that information, mm -hmm. right? At least not highlighting that information. And at the very best, like some of these CMA programs can do, compare this estimate with actual data. They have that available to them, right? So that's another thing top agents do. They don't, they drop the fear. They're not fearful of um, anything having to do with Zillow or anybody else or the internet. And, and like, let's, let's take that a step further now as we go into this iBuying phase. I think in, in the markets where like Open Door and Zillow is doing things, um, and I think this is especially easy with Open Door, I would find out what Open Door would offer for the home. Right. And be ready with that information because their seller might have already done the research. Mm -hmm. Right. So what top agents do is they're prepared. They're prepared for any question. Right. They're prepared to know that they're going to compete against other agents. Right. Would you so, go as far as and just, just one quick follow up there. If agents in, in, a, in a market like right now or consumers interviewing, uh, you know, my uh, my folks are, are, are going to be listing their property and they're interviewing more than one agent. Right. It's funny. It's funny how the relationship goes from like 
the first agent that met, they met, they were like really excited about they're going to go with. And now all of a sudden, like another agent, just another sort of horse entered into the race. Now all of a sudden they're like, you know, they're now having a conversation with this agent. So this first agent who hasn't followed up, hasn't really done a whole lot post, you know, interview, post listing appointment is kind of probably putting their name on some board saying we got this thing on in the bag. And then, and they don't realize that like they're having oh, yeah. separate conversations because my parents are not sharing with the agent. Hey, listen, we're, you know, comparing your services to other agents. Um, do you think it would make sense in that interview when you talk about being prepared, you mentioned having the Zestimate, you mentioned having the open door. Would it make sense to say, this is going to be, this might be a stupid question, Greg, but to frame like an agent who wants the listing, who will tell you anything just to get you to sign the dotted line, we'll give yeah. you this price. Like, would it make yeah. sense to say like, here's what Zillow will offer you. Here's what Open Door will offer you. And here's what an agent who is desperate to get your business will, will say your house is worth. And then here's where we're at. Because I think if you're that eight, because if you're competing against that agent, which is always a point of frustration and contention for top producing agents who do their job well, like they have to compete against the agent who says they'll get more money. Can you disarm them by including that in your initial listing presentation, CMA? That's, that's so great. Like, um, so what is, it goes back to exactly what I was saying in the beginning, you know, the three parts of a listing presentation, you know, establish yourself as a professional, come over, suggested list price, and then get the listing. We're in sales. We know this. What sales is all about is overcoming objections and going back to close. Mm -hmm. Chris, from your cold calling days, I know you know this, right? Mm -hmm. Overcome that objection, go back to close, right? So um, the top CMAs, will put in the actual, um, in, in the report, they already know, we already know, every agent knows they're gonna talk about the commission, they wanna price it high and then lower it later, right? They wanna know, you know what you're gonna do for them, what the marketing strand is. So put that in your report, right? And, mm -hmm. and have charts and graphs in there to show them and make them help them understand why doing that is a bad idea. We don't want to make the price high while everybody's looking at it. And then later on when, when, you know, the price falls and nobody's looking at it, you know, why do that? We want to put our best, you know, our best price put forward. Right. So all that should be included into, um, into the CMA. And that's a little bit on the battlefield thing that I talk about, but that's exactly right. That's exactly right, Jimmy. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and I think when, when I, when I hear you say that, what, what kind of comes to my mind is, it, what I'm hearing you describe is a lot of the tough conversations that you would normally have. And, and I think the point of friction between you and the consumer around price, I think what happens is you start to give them options and you start to sort of position yourself, not as a person telling them what their house is worth, rather the expert who's reviewing their available options. And I think, I think now all of a sudden, like you go from being, I, 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 people can visualize this, Chris, but like you go from being on the opposite side of the table where you're facing each other to now you're sort of side by side when you start to include all this information. That's the, that's sort of the sense I'm getting, Greg. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, and, and you can look at this in chapter nine, there's a, a great broker out there. I know probably know of a Brad Nix, right? Mm -hmm. And he not only, you know, price is only part of it. It's really net. And he's done a, a, a I mean, a, just an absolute genius thing where a standard net sheet would show you, okay, here's what the cost is. Here are my escrow. Here are my fees. And this is what I'm going to, here's what my mortgage, I have to pay off my mortgage. And here's what that, what the cost of that is. Right. Mm -hmm. What Brad has done is he put side by side. Okay. Traditionally, if we list the home, this is what your net's going to come out to at this price. Traditionally, if we go through, if you go through open door, this is what it's going to net out to with all their fees. If you go mm -hmm. through Zillow, this is what the estimates of those. If you go through, you know, just he'll put side by side net sheets on mm -hmm. different models out there now. 
-hmm. And it shows sometimes it's not just the price of the home can be lower, but you actually make, you actually take more money away or the price could be higher and you take more money away. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. The top agents are finding ways of using these new, you know, prop tech companies to help them uh, overcome those objections and show them that, you know, price is a consideration, but really a lot of times it's that net that matters. Right. Yeah, before we move on to the to the kitchen table battle, folks, things there's a lot we can unpack there. Is there anything that you should absolutely never under any circumstances include in your CMA? Like you see something like where agents either include it as a something just kind of comes as part of the process and they just sort of throw it in there, but it's either meaningless, useless, confuses the consumer or misleads them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a, there's a number of real estate companies that basically... Um, give too much data, mm. right? And, and the problem is, is that agent, a lot of agents, they're afraid to show those reports because they don't know how to explain them to their clients. <clears throat> so you gotta just, you know, be in your zone, right? You know, to me, I always thought that constraints, giving yourself constraints helps you focus, right? Mm. And it helps out a lot in design and other things, right? So, you know, I've seen, I've seen reports, I mean, you've seen them out there too with just overloaded the medium of this house with these many bedrooms, the, the sound quality of this neighborhood around midnight between, you know, I mean, it's just on and on and on, right? Just let's get to the point, mm -hmm. right? Don't overload the seller with too much information, right? Let's, yeah. let's make something clear, concise that you can, you can demonstrate that your ability to price it in, the, in ways that they can understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, Chris. Right. Well, I was going to say, I think it's actually an interesting idea with the Brad Nix strategy to almost start with that, not the price. Yeah. The, I mean, Brett, yeah. The truth is Brett. that's what people really care about, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how much are we going to walk away with? Yeah. And there's a lot of numbers in between the list price and that number. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could see somebody that was a, a good salesman with good salesmanship or saleswoman you know, basically saying, we're going to get you $139,500. Let me explain how. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell you, all right, of a sudden it's like, Ooh, that's a lot of money, you yeah. know, because it's so easy to get caught up on the commission or the fees or the taxes and the insurance and the S like, like you're right. I don't think it's a good strategy to get people to submit. You know, you don't want to get their head spinning where they're confused you know, the simplest message often is the winning message. And you're right. The acronym is ARC. When you get an objection, acknowledge that they gave you the objection. Oh, open door said that. I've heard that before. Respond to the objection and then close again. Correct. So yeah, you have to be prepared for that. There's actually a great book, uh, not to, not to alienate your great <laughs> book, but I, I read this book. I was, I was moving from New York back to Florida and there was just all this stuff and I was overwhelmed and I was, you know, trying to kind of make, make sense of it all. And there's a book called dare to prepare mm. and it's about the aviation industry and how the aviation industry in the early 1900s, believe it or not, there were a lot of crashes, like planes wrecked a lot for a long time. And what they finally did is they said, if you don't have a clipboard with the 39 things that you have to do to take off and land and you have to literally check it off, you have to go through yeah. each one and check it off. They call it the aviation checklist. 
And that simple checklist reduced the number of plane crashes of commercial flights to virtually nothing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I'm going into a listing presentation, do I dare to prepare or do I wing it? You know, we actually had data when I used to work at realtor.com, Greg, where it was like 70% of realtors were using uh, a, a, a paper presentation, a printed presentation. 20% were using a digital, like an iPad or a, a, a laptop to present that information. And 10% were winging it. They're, they're, yeah. They didn't even have a listing presentation or a CMA. They just brought the gift of gab. Yeah. You know, and there's times you can wing it. I'm not sure a listing presentation is the time to wing it. That's the arena. That's mm -hmm. the stage. That's the that's battlefield. The sale. That's what you do for a living. So dare to prepare. What is your listing presentation checklist? What are the 37 things that you do every single time before you walk into that house to ensure success? Absolutely. And I do think going back to your point, that's what the top agents do. Let's get into the kitchen table battlefield. Yeah, and and um, there's so much so much there, and that's exactly right, Chris. And the way that I present uh, in the listing, you know, my chapter on the listing presentation battlefield is is that, and and you guys, this is perfect for what you guys do. Okay, mm -hmm. think of all the money, time, and energy an agent spends, hopefully with you guys, um, to get somebody across the table from them at a mm -hmm. kitchen table. Mm -hmm. I mean hundreds of dollars, hundreds of hours, okay? And that's the red zone, right? That's the battlefield. That's where you, if you don't perform there, all those, that money, that time and energy is so wasted. So why don't you prepare for that? Why don't you have a kick-ass CMA to kind of bring that football over the, over the goal line, right? Mm -hmm. People just don't realize it. They, 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 they spend all this other money. And if they don't, if they don't close, if they don't get that listing agreement, it's all for naught. So it is a battlefield. It doesn't mean it has to be aggressive. I mean, if you look at chapter nine, now I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is because I want you to buy the book and go there. Yes. Brad Nix has a strategy in a listing presentation. He uses these just individual cards he writes something on and he hands them to the seller and he has them arrange the cards in a fashion. It is, it is mind-blowingly brilliant of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And it just sets the stage for everything. And there's tricks like that I hear from, you know, tons of agents. We, we, you know, I was talking to, to Jimmy ahead of time. We've talked to tens of thousands of agents. They have these types of things, these, these tips and tricks that they kind of use at listing presentations. Um, you know, nothing, you know, not to say a trick, but, you know, being prepared is a trick, mm -hmm. right? Having, Showmanship. you know, exactly, right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways. So that is a battlefield, right? Yeah. You have to win there because- of all of all the money you've spent, it's just for not if you don't if you don't close at that listing presentation. Well, we're, we want to get into the sort of three distinct kind of components, if you will, and we're going to get this Brad Nick strategy out of you because that's one. No, 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 no. you got to buy the book. We, we we will buy books for our fans right now on the air. We'll buy twenty five books. Right, well, Chris can do the negotiation here to be able to get this Brad Nick strategy because I'm excited to, see, to hear it. But I think what you said there maybe it's a fundamental uh, point, which is I think uh, when you think about a, a listing presentation. What you made me think of, Greg, was this. In most instances, a listing presentation is probably going to look and feel a lot like a monologue, which is you're maybe asking a few questions, but you're really just sort of dictating to the or, or speaking to the presenting to the consumer. Here's all the things you need to know. 
And again, we know like the more information, the less likely they're going to be able to understand it, comprehend it and be able to close. But I think it's actually a really interesting idea, Chris. I'm curious, Chris, if you want to put your Chris Smith realtor hat on for a second and imagine you're at a listing presentation, how might you like actually get some audience involvement here? Because to hear someone having to write something down, right, is like in this sort of like, it, there's some engagement as opposed yeah. to sitting through and listening, uh, listen, listening to a presentation, no matter what the medium is. When you think about like a way to engage a seller in a listing presentation using maybe a CMA, like sure, what sure. might you have them do? I think it's a clever idea to sort of maybe embrace. Yeah. Well, if I were to put a hat on today, I would put on a visor because my hair looks really good and I wouldn't <laughs> want to mess it up just to be clear. I would do a Steve Spurrier visor, but you know, the, the one thing I thought of going back to, uh, to some of the stuff Greg mentioned earlier, Hey, pull up your home on Zillow for me. I want to show you a couple things. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me, let me walk you through open door and let me show you their website and let me show you how they calculate things. Right. Cause all of these websites, by the way, have disclaimers and asterisks and, you know, over time, attorneys have forced some of them to sort of, hey, if you're not going to be accurate, you have to make that clear. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of handing them an iPad or handing them your computer and say, hey, pull, pull your home up for me on Zillow. Mm -hmm. I want to show you something. Um, that comes to mind right away. But the other thing that comes to mind, like, because I'm not a magician and I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to read what Brad Nix did. I haven't read the entire book yet. But by Back the way, just shout out to Brad Nix. He had a conference called Real Estate Tech South, RETSO. Yeah, Anybody so, yeah. in the industry for a long time is familiar with it. He actually supported PeopleWork when it came out. He brought me and Austin in. And it was one of the best conferences uh, that was in the industry, period. And I miss it. So props to Brad and... Um, actually meeting with our clients at that conference and being belly to belly with them for the first time is part of the reason we actually decided to do uh, a company conference. So mm -hmm. we, we should give Brad Nix the credit he deserves. He's an early pioneer in the real estate event space. But I, I think it really, Jimmy, it just comes down to uh, you don't want to wing it when it comes to like, do this or grab this or click here or pull this open or, you know, show me some of the, uh, you know, an interesting one that I just thought of is like, you know, do you guys have any homes in mind that you're looking at after you buy this one? Mm -hmm. Right. I, I bet very few people ask that. So that could be something that you could ask as well. One I know one mind, thing Chris. that's like incredibly powerful and beautiful yeah, and jaw dropping is, to pull up Google Earth and to just put the address in that you're sitting in into Google Earth and to watch that satellite come in on the home in real time, that's a beautiful experience. So, well, I think, I think the idea though is super interesting. You know, Greg, when you're talking about like, um, it's, you know, I, I, our guy, Chris Voss, who, uh, to some degree, we feel like we discovered Chris Voss for the real estate industry because we had him at our <laughs> conference in 2016 or 17 in Austin. He says the art of negotiation is to get, to, is to get somebody to uh, uh, basically agree upon your deal, right? It's basically saying like them coming to the conclusion that the deal they want is actually your deal. And I, I butchered that a little bit. Someone can maybe help in the chat, but this idea of like getting them to come to the conclusion 
through their own means, it, which is the conclusion you want them to come to. And I think this idea of, Chris, the idea of being able to say, hey, listen, we're, let's look at your property on Zillow. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think the maybe top three properties are that are like yours? Let's pull them up too. Mm-hmm. And then maybe going a little bit further and saying, what do you think is better about their home than your home? Yeah. What's worse? Yeah. I think I, um, from, from like, you know, if you go a little higher level than that, um, there's a friend of mine, uh, you guys probably know him, Sher, uh, Sharon Shravatsa, right? Mm-hmm. He actually wrote the forward to the book. And his whole thing at a listing presentation that he and, he, and again, really high level, is what you want to go for is this giving the seller a feeling of safety, mm. right? Making them feel safe. And, and, and what Chris is describing, what you're describing, when you're, when you're, when you're open, when you're not hiding things, mm-hmm. when you're open to showing things, you're showing them that you're a person to be trusted, that you're, you're not somebody who's like going to um, put some smoke and mirrors in front of them, right? So yeah. I think, and if you want to get to a point where they're going to agree to a deal, your deal, right? Yeah. You have to give and you have to get a, a feeling of safety from, that they have to get a, a feeling of safety from you in order to get to that place. Otherwise, you're not. Right, we can use all the technology in the world, but until the, that seller becomes to a, a feeling of safety, they're mm-hmm. never going to listen to what you say, yeah. right? And I think that the, what you're describing, Chris, as far as being as open as possible with everything else, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a great, great method to do that for sure. <clears throat> all right, so let's make sure we don't miss this here, Chris. Uh, Greg, rapid fire style for us, please. The three distinct kind of components of a listing or of a CMA are what? Uh, the three distinct. Yeah. Are, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How, how to break? How to break your listing presentation into three distinct kind of components? What are those three distinct components? Yeah, I think I talked about the beginning. It's establish yourself as a professional. Yep. Um, present a, a fair suggested list price with comps mm-hmm. and close. Get the listing. Yep. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then the other thing that, and I actually I was telling Jimmy this before the show when we were preparing. Believe it or not, we do prep. Sometimes it's hard to believe. <laughs> but one of the things that I thought was an interesting idea, because we're always trying to think outside of the box, mm-hmm. CMAs are for sellers. But why wouldn't a buyer want one too? If I'm thinking of buying a home, if I find a listing I'm interested in and I say, hey, Greg, can we go check this place out? The, the traditional method is like you either print out like the the MLS sheet for that property and and maybe you bring that with you or if you go to an if you go to an open house right they usually have like the flyers for that listing like is there an opportunity to think outside of the box and use CMAs for buyers because right now everybody's working with buyers there's not enough listings Mm -hmm. like what am I missing here? If I, if I'm yeah, thinking I mean, about buying a home, why wouldn't yeah. I want all the same data in a CMA for the home I'm thinking about buying? Absolutely. Um, and again, I, I, you know, I'm biased here, but I mean, a CMA is the best report you can ha- that you can have to demonstrate your expertise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So demonstrate it with sellers, demonstrate it with buyers. And I'll tell you another way you can use a CMA. And, and again, this comes from experience. When we first launched cloud CMA, had a great program and um, you know, a lot of agents maybe after a time would cancel. And one of the reasons was, well, I don't get that many listings mm-hmm. and they just couldn't ju- justify the cost 
um, for that, right? So, you know, one of our um, guys that I'm working on, uh, part of my team, Damon, um, who's been selling CMAs longer than I have, you know, he said, we got to make this more into a lead generation tool than just a business meeting tool, right? Mm -hmm. And we added this um, easy landing page. It says, what's my home worth? And it automatically delivers a CMA once they put the address in after they give them the, an email address, right? And that turned Cloud CMA into not just a listing presentation tool, but a lead generating tool. And there's like, I think I looked at the numbers last, it was like 700,000 leads generated using that tool. They mm -hmm. could easily share it on Facebook and Twitter. So CMAs are not, I mean, you, you know, you can use CMAs, you can use your expertise to generate mm -hmm. leads too, right? So it is it, that's great. Buy, you know, using it for, for, with buyers, using it to create leads, using it with sellers. It's, it's just, uh, uh, it's the most versatile tool, as I say in the title of the book, that mm -hmm. real estate agents have at their arsenal. Well, it's this concept, what's that listing really worth? Mm. Right? Not yeah. what, like on the buy side, not what's my home worth. What's that home actually worth? What am because I going to bid it on? I think every buyer wants to believe that maybe it's overpriced or, you know what I'm saying? So I, I do think there's a way to kind of tap into that fear yeah. that like, kind of like, do you want to know how much that home that you're looking at is actually worth? Uh -huh. Like kind of like, like yeah. the, the list price is one thing. The actual price a lot of times can be very different. How would you it's write really that just email about being Greg? clever, I think is the idea. So, so, so let's say Greg's idea, which is you can use the CMA for, we'll talk about prospecting here in a second, but you can use it for lead generation. But Chris, write that, that, that sort of sales message, that text message to me. I'm a buyer. Mm -hmm. I'm actively looking at homes. Um, and I'm, I, and I'm, and I'm thinking about putting a bid in on a property. I don't have a buyer's agent that's representing me. You as a real estate agent have an access to a tool like cloud CMA and you, you have information that buyer doesn't have. What would be the hook, right? What would be the tool? What would be the message you might use to get that buyer to see you as a valuable resource, not someone who's simply going to open the door and get them access to the listing? Yeah, I, I, would, I would basically say... Um, God, I just some, like what you just said before. Psst, is that home yeah. really worth that? Is yeah. that home really worth that? Question yeah. mark. That, I'm stealing that. Agents. I'm stealing that tomorrow, Chris. Yeah. I'm stealing that tomorrow. That is that is fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't want to beat up the 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 competition. I wouldn't name names, but the idea of like we often see agents list homes for more than they're actually worth in order to secure the listing. Mm -hmm. Would you like to know what the homes that you're thinking about going to see in person are actually worth? before you go see it. Right, right. I don't want to waste that's, your time. Love it. Yeah. I think the idea of like me, and I think, um, I think it's a, I think it's a really clever idea using like use, I think it's one of the things that is just, we have to get more creative with to identify the best prospects within our database, people who are most serious about buying and ready to move. But like in the case of buyers, it's, I think as a listing agent, it's far easier to express and communicate the value you offer than a buyer's agent. If any part of this industry is going to be disrupted, Greg, it's going to be in this order, yeah. buyers yeah. and then sellers, right? It's yeah. not going to be sellers first. So I think in this case here, the thing that kind of comes to mind, Chris, is maybe saying like the, the call to action might be just like, send me a specific listing you're actively looking at right now and I can run a report for you. Like almost, almost being that direct with them saying, you know, 
give me a list of the top three properties you looked at. I'll kick back some, some actual values for you. And, and, yeah, and maybe using analogies they're familiar with, like it's like a Carfax for, yep. for that house, right? It mm -hmm. gives you all the information about that home that you can't find online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I, I love that. Greg, what other ways are, are agents using, smart agents are using CMA as a, either a prospecting tool or a conversion tool? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give a couple more examples from the book. Um, you know, for instance, Open Door. I'm not sure if a lot of agents know this, but Open Door will give a 1% uh, referral fee if, they, if you bring them a, a seller, right? So it doesn't make any sense to me why not every, if you're in an Open Door market, why doesn't every agent in the country go to Open Door, put the, you know, the, that, that, that address of the uh, client they're going to go see for a listing presentation, right? and bring up an offer, right, from Open Door. They can do this, right? Mm -hmm. And go to their listing presentation, right? And say, you know what, um, thank you for having me today. I've, got, I've brought this great, you know, CMA with me. We're gonna go over this in detail. But you know what, also, by the way, I brought with me an offer, mm -hmm. right? How powerful is that, right? Now, now they can go through what the costs are, what their nets are, or anything else, but they've already established themselves as way different from any other agent that ever walked in there, right? Because they've come with a CMA and a goddamn offer right there, mm -hmm. right? Nobody, that's, an, that's a great experience for the agent. It's a great experience for the seller, right? Yeah. And that's what you want to do is create these great, these great experiences, right? Well, um, think about now, it. If, if it doesn't, hold on, and, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. So that's going to help them get the listing no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. But if they don't, if they, if they really are more concerned with some certainty and some speed, well, pass them over to open door and get paid. Right. Mm -hmm. In fact, you could use this as a strategy on the prospecting side, Jimmy, instead of like, to me, like one of the best, you know, calls to action in real estate is always find out what your home is worth. What's mm -hmm. my home worth? You see that at postcards, billboards everywhere, right? Get an offer on your house. Mm -hmm. How about that? Mm -hmm. right? Collect that information, go to open door, type that in, call them up. Here's an offer. They don't want it. If you give it to open door, um, you're going to get that 1% uh, referral fee. I think um, companies like OfferPad are offering 3% referral fees, mm -hmm. right? And these, you know, again, these guys are not the enemy. This is nothing to fear, right? I mean, yeah. they're another tool in your tool chest. Why not use them? Yeah. Chris, what's your thoughts there in terms of just like thinking about prospecting using a CMA? Well, when I think about like an A-B test, Greg, in, in your example, hey, I brought a CMA that breaks down what your home's worth and all the comps and all the relevant data that go into those numbers. And I brought an offer. Which one would you prefer to start with? Right. Like, no, awesome. That's, that's uh, yeah, well let's said. Let's start with the well offer. Yeah. And a lot of these companies charge high fees and they make lowball offers and you know, so while that's the case, I agree with you. Take advantage of it. Yeah, I would say, I would, I kid back, you know, it used to be in the past that maybe it was lowball offers. Now, all these iBuyers are really getting very close to market value. It's, mm -hmm. it's how much it costs. A lot of, a, a lot of sellers might, um, they might value certainty and speed and they're willing mm -hmm. to pay for that, right? That's fine, right? So they might pay that in the fees, but you know, again, it's all about the net, right? Mm -hmm. Jimmy, are you okay? You know it's, it's not going moment. well when Jimmy pulls out the red solo cup. Um, Mario, I'm, asking, 
I'm asking like, like, how do I cue to Eric to like cut the video feed for one second so I'm not, I'm not coughing on the camera here, especially in this <laughs> COVID world we live in. Um, well, Jimmy, yeah, let's well, wrap it up with this. I'll, I'll come to your rescue here. Greg, you're an industry insider. Your blog, Vendor Alley, is great. People should be reading Vendor Alley. Mm-hmm. You've got two podcasts, uh, listing bits and industry relations that are great. Like, it, it, if you love the real estate industry, if it's your passion, you got to be following Greg. You got to be reading Vendor Alley. You, you got to listen to his podcast. You're an industry insider, uh, which is not always easy to do as a vendor because a lot of times there's that line <laughs> in the sand that it's oh, like, yeah, for sure. you're a vendor and you have like the scar, I call it the scarlet V, you know, like <laughs> all vendors are evil and they're just trying to take agents money. But the, what I wanted to ask you to wrap it up is like, you follow a lot of other industry insiders. There's a lot of other people like Greg Robertson that maybe the whole industry doesn't know who you are, but if they did, they would learn a lot from you. Who are some people that you follow, whether it's online or you read their blog or their podcast? Like who, who, who is your sort of, who are your sources? Yeah, great question. Um, I think the best way of finding that out is that I usually add them to my blog role on VendorAlley.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of one guy I just recently added, and I think I actually referenced him in the book. Um, it's called BubbleInfo.com. Yeah. He's out of San Diego, Compass mm-hmm. Agent, uh, J- James Kriegel. I'm, I'm probably really ruining or mispronouncing his name, but I just, he's got some interesting stuff and he's, he's actually broken some stories that I, I took credit for. So um, that would be one of those. Um, and then, you know, to me, like you guys know these guys, I mean, uh, if you're not subscribed to the Friday Flash or, you know, Thousand Watts blog, I mean, mm-hmm. you're losing it. Just great writing, great insights from those guys. Um, you know, Inman, I mean, you know, I love uh, Inman News. Uh, I think Andrea does a great job over there with a lot of the MLS information. That's kind of what I follow. How do you say um, Andrea's last name? Sorry? How do you pronounce Andrea's last name? Brambilia? (laughs) It's a tough one. Yeah. She'll probably probably, uh, uh, get mad at me for that. And you know, in Housing Wire, I know just Mm -hmm. got a new editor. Mm -hmm. So that's something to kind of, I think I've been starting to keep keep track of, right? And really good long form stuff. Rob Hahn, your partner on one of the- Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rob Hahn, of course, at uh, the Notorious Rob. I think there's a hyphen in there.com, but he's my, yeah. my co-host on industry relations. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, there's um, some good, you know, and, and I, I'm more of a Twitter guy than, than anything else. So uh, sure. if you follow me at Greg, you know, at Greg Robertson, uh, you can kind of see my, uh, my crew oh, there as well. I have one last question here, Chris. I, sure. I officially recovered. Um, so, <laughs> so, so Greg, we have Joe Rand on the show next week. Yeah. Water cooler. Okay. Yeah. I read your I read your post on uh, on Vendor Alley. Uh, so if I get this right, let me just I don't want to misquote here, but Joe is predicting that they are going to be able to take over Zillow within two years in terms of web traffic. Right. Well, as the leading home real estate search site, I you know I don't think he said traffic, but I think that would basically say traffic. Sure. Okay. So so. I hope Joe doesn't cancel, but that's just an insane comment, right? That's just like totally insane. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see, see why, why he believes that. We'll, we'll find out next week. I can't wait to ask him a question. 
what question do you think we should be asking Joe Rand? You read his book. You obviously are writing about some of his musings. What question do you think we should ask Joe Rand next week? Because next week we'll ask him a question on your behalf. Yeah, I mean, I, I, give me the three, let me hear the three pillars of that strategy. Mm, okay. Right, what are the three pillars of that strategy? Now listen, let's, let's give Joe a break though. Right, Joe is, a, I mean, if you read, if you read him and you know him, he is, a, he is like, he's, he want, you want him to be your sales team leader. Yeah. He's that kind of enthusiasm, that kind of guy, right? He is, he espouses positivity and optimism, right? So sometimes those guys, you have to put yourself out there. You have to make these bold statements no, to I kind love of make it. things I'm, happen, it, right? It, it, he, I, lo I love, I love the, the uh, optimism and the boldness of it. I can't wait to talk to him about it, but. No, but the audacity is, is insane, right? But right. I mean, you, you know, let's, you know, and, and to me, when I read that, it's like, I thought at first he was misquote, but then Andrea like got mad at me because I didn't misquote him, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I stepped in it there, but um I just, you know, I, we've, we've all met those guys. They make these claims, these bold kind of things, but you know what, for whatever reason, we follow them, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. we want somebody to be bold like that. So, I mean, you know, I gave him a little shit on there, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, I totally appreciate where he's coming from. Well, we're, we're excited to dive into it with him next week. I know he's obviously working on this behind the scenes and uh, I can see he actually comments on your blog. So you can see how influential you are, Greg. He's actually reading your blog and commenting. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. The book is The Art of the CMA. Go to theartofthecma.com. You can check out Cloud CMA, WNR Studios. Greg, you're a great guy. Congratulations on the book. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the moment. Uh, I hope that MLSs and brokerages and, uh, you know, franchises bulk buy the book. Mm -hmm. Quantity discounts are available. Agents. Quantity discounts are available. Yes, quantity discounts are available. And you guys can all follow Greg on Twitter. Tell him hello. Tell him you watch the show. Cheers. Thanks, Jimmy. Great week. Water cooler. Thank out. you, guys. I totally See appreciate ya. this. Watch you for years. Thank you so much, guys. It's great to have you on.